Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. If you enjoy listening to Corology, then I need your help. Here's why. I create Corology by myself on a shoestring budget, recording and editing every episode in my tiny closet. How's that for irony? That's where you come in. Will you help keep Corology on the air by supporting it financially? By tipping as little as $1 a month, you can help me improve and keep making Corology every week. All you have to do is jump over to MatthiasRoberts.com support to make a pledge and listen away. Hey friends, this is Matthias Roberts and you're listening to Queerology, a podcast on belief and being. This is episode 25. If you have questions and you, and you dance and you just allow sort of all of it to go from your head to your heart, I wouldn't say you find clarity, but you always find grace. So do you all know those like super cool dance videos that come up when you're like, I don't know, sitting alone in your apartment looking at Beyonce choreography and they have the, like like the cool background, like red background and, and, and the fun camera moves and, and you're just like, oh, who are those cool people who can dance like that? Uh, like a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was sitting in a restaurant and my phone buzzed and it's a message uh, from a dancer and she's like, hey, I'm a dancer. I listen to the podcast, like blah, blah, blah. And, and I, I look her up and it turns out she's one of those dancers uh so so i i wrote her back and i was like hey like would you maybe want to be on the podcast and and so today jasmine Raphael, she's a filipino-american professional dancer and choreographer who's living in la uh she teaches at millennium dance complex that's that super cool dance company uh and she's passionate about connecting people to one another and themselves uh, she's danced for people like Nicki Minaj, Tori Kelly. She has millions upon millions of views on YouTube. Uh, and and she feels like her purpose is for compassion and love and understanding. Uh, she's a core person of faith uh, that informs her work as a dancer, as a person in the world. And I'm so excited to have her on the podcast today. Y'all, 25 episodes. That's like almost half a year. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to Choreology. Uh, it is an honor uh, to be doing this work, to be making this podcast alongside all of y'all. Uh, the feedback, uh, the reviews, uh, thank you. Keep them, keep them coming. Uh, and hopefully, I mean, here's to another at least 25 episodes, <laughs> if not many, many, many more than that. Uh, let's go ahead and dive in. Jasmine, hi. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm super glad to be on this with you. Yeah. Bias. I'm so excited to have you. This is, yeah. I was like, I was just watching some of uh, your dance videos uh, right before this uh-huh. and, I, and I was just like so pumped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank so, you so much. Yeah. So yeah. Much. Thank yes. you for joining me. Um. So to start, uh, how do you identify uh, and then how would you say that your faith has helped form that identity? I am a cisgender 
bisexual woman who identifies as a Christian. Um, the sexual identity question is a little more like, because uh, I, I sometimes, you know, I'm like, I'm bisexual, I'm gay. Like, those things we we teeter-totter between. You know, I've, I'm asked that so much because I had more of, like, a late coming out. I didn't even know. Like, I kind of more um, got into my first relationship, like, and it was a woman and, you know, all of that. So um, those things are, but, yeah. That's that's what I say, um, and that's how I feel, you know, at the at the moment. And um, how has my faith? I feel I was listening to a podcast of yours yesterday, and someone said that um, it was the the two husbands that are married. Yeah, Dave and Tino. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And I, I think Tino was talking about how his uh, sexual I- identity. Um, helped inform his faith actually and i feel uh, pretty similar to that um that uh the question of my sexual identity and like the coming my coming out and and all of those things uh sort of ca- uh, was the catalyst into a deeper um discovery of my faith and it it kind of all happened all happened at once so yeah, I felt like the question of my sexual identity and what this means about what 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 God uh, thinks of me or what he says and all of this uh, pushed me into like a really deeper um, sort of reckoning of my faith. Hmm. Yeah. I love stories like that because mm-hmm. it's like... I mean, as I've, as I've said before in the podcast, that was not my experience. Like <laughs> coming yeah. to terms with my uh, yes, identity yes, yes. was like in complete odds with my faith. And so to be able to kind of have that experience where it pushes you deeper into your faith. Um, mm-hmm. That's so cool. It's so cool. Yes. 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 I feel like it's, well, I, it was all timing for me, like, to be honest, because when when I got out of my first like serious relationship with my, my serious girlfriend, um, I was in such a, like a horrible place, like mentally and emotionally. And, um, one of my best friends had recently like come to Christ. We all grew up as Catholic, but, um, she, uh, and practicing Catholics, you know, my, my family was involved in the music ministry. We were taught, you know, to pray. I had a pretty solid foundation of that, but, that more like interactive faith in terms of like uh, God being or Christ being a personal guide. And that wasn't talked about as much. So when my best friend sort of came to Christ um, and then that was towards the end of my breakup, she was like, Oh, you need to go with me here to this place. And it was like a big uh, evangelical church. It was like, it was called non-denominational at first, but like, you know, the more you went to it, it was like, it had an evangelical base, but um so that was like the explosion of like so so many things because I was like oh I really like need this and and this and that but then so I wanted to be involved because I was like aching emotionally and and um but then you know the the story of what people are like why are you here like oh yeah yeah like I just broke up my girlfriend like you know and then that, that was kind of like it was very it started so quickly yeah. the question you know what I mean because yeah. I was like yeah my my ex-girlfriend my ex-girlfriend my ex-girlfriend and then people were like oh <laughs> and I 
like <laughs> it was so funny like so it sent me into this like well what do you think about that you know I was very I didn't have like that much baggage around that question you know I I didn't feel like God had a problem with me you know even when I got with my girlfriend I felt like it was the right thing to do I felt so much peace and so yeah when I when I came and then I was like yeah you know that's what it is and you would see them a bit baffled. Yeah. yeah. I'm, cu- I'm curious about that. As, as someone who like is walking into that environment for kind of maybe not the first time, but a time where that stuff is kind of still all new. Like, how did you, how did you work with those messages of like those strange looks and those questions of like, wait, what? And I, I mean, my mm-hmm. imagination is like, there was probably, they probably tried to start, pushing you into a mold of what your relationships are supposed to look like. Um, How did you navigate that where it was, where there wasn't so much baggage to begin with? Yeah, I was like, I I was like a troublemaker a little bit. I, I, I was like pretty, I, I just was very curious and just wanted to ask and was like, wait, I was, I wouldn't say like, in the beginning I was a little bit more like relentless and like wait but no I like was in love Mm. with this person like and I was very I was relentless I was trusting I was like didn't have really any guards up I was just like yeah let's talk about this like I remember the first time I I asked a friend to to have um coffee and we talked about it and then I was like yeah and then you know my relationship fell apart and this and that and then at the at the end, he did mention, like, oh, yeah, you know, well, we weren't designed to blah, 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 like, be in relationship in that way. And I was, like, it, it was painful because I was, like, being very vulnerable with him. And I was, like, oh, like, and he was, like, well, yeah, you said your relationship fell apart. Like, you said that you felt like something was wrong, right? And I was, like, what? Yeah, because we're, like, humans and, like, you know, we, <laughs> you know, people get jealous and we have you know, and then he was like, well, no, it's because there's like a, like, there's something in your heart. It was not meant to be that way. And so I came in, I guess, to sort of circle back to your question, I came in very, like, wide-eyed, like, bushy-tailed, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, what's going on here? Yeah, 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 like, let's talk about this. And I, people, like, loved being around me because I had this, like, energy for Christ and all of this, but um, I think I was getting, like, hurt every single conversation was kind of, like, like a blow, you know, and it started getting increasingly like more difficult, but I was, it was a beautiful thing because I had to really like stay in prayer and, and be like, okay, God, do I speak up right now? Like I was like literally hand in hand with God, like in meetings, like at the end, they're like, like I was in small groups and at the end they'd be like, okay, so does anyone have anything to say? And, and if it was a new small group that I was in, like, I felt like, God, should I, should I raise my hand right now? And I'd raise my hand and be like, okay, so I'm gay. Like, you know, like I was, very, <laughs> I was like, that girl, I was literally, I love it. <laughs> I was like that girl, you know? And, and it was crazy because I would observe that group from the top of the night and there would be a, a gay guy there and there'd be a, like, I know this girl's a lesbian and like, and I would talk about it and they would look at me like, oh, like, damn, you just said that. Or like, um, but I found like allies within those groups 
you started to find like a community of like, of, Hey, uh, what's, what's going on? Cause similarly there was the, um, my, one of my gay, uh, guy friends, he was sort of like me and he was like, yeah, I'm gay too. So what's good? Like, you know, and then we kind of like, we're started facing that together. And that was like, it was a, <laughs> it was a bit of a war mm. at first. Yeah, I bet. Like, I, 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 like, I have so many questions. I feel like I kind of want to go that direction yeah. and hear about that war. Um, <laughs> and yeah, also like, like, wow, to just be able to walk into a group in a church and just be like, yeah, I'm gay. Like, that's some bravery. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I love it. Um, I mean, yeah, I, w- I would be curious. How did you, how did you face that? Like, as, as you started getting deeper and deeper into evangelicalism and, and Christianity, um, and I, I would imagine maybe those messages became increasingly strong of, if you have to get mm. rid of this part of yourself um mm. what, what what did that look like I, you know like honestly personally I I I did have like a lot of wars with myself because then I was asking best friends who are Christian and then it was being revealed to me like okay like we'll just leave leave room open for the Holy Spirit especially because I had just broken up with my girlfriend and I was still like said to be bi so then like a lot of people were saying because I had been with guys before so a lot of people like okay yeah the next guy you'll be with so like those things were hard for me personally just because like people were still encouraging that I'd be with a guy or like like the Holy Spirit like leave leave myself open for the Holy Spirit like whatever of course you know we all know like whatever that means and and so that was like hard for me um like on a personal level of course and I've had a lot of tears and a lot of crying and a lot of people taking me out to lunch and like I'd really like to discuss this and I'm like okay and then we go and they're like you know I do not agree with this and I'm crying like it's just you know all of all of these things and committing to being in these relationships with people that I don't see eye to eye with but I had to like be understanding of at some point so those things were really hard it was a lot of conversation a lot of studying I like I discovered like you know on my own like the gay Christian network of like you know, Matthew Vines um, and his biblical argument for same-sex um, uh, covenants and um, Ryan Meeks of Eastlake Church, who, like, that's what I, that's, like, what my church practice now. I visited them and, like, um, his inclusive statement really saved me personally, um, like, on my own. But I think what was really the driving force and still is the driving force is not just me, but, like, kind of other people that that were experiencing this on a on a bigger scale maybe because they're like younger or maybe because um they've been in the church system for so long and were told for so like they grew up in the evangelical church and like seeing those stories up close like those are the things that really make me cry like because my family accepts me and um and I was like in a really loving like same-sex relationship so like I I consider myself like blessed in that way. You know what I mean? I don't have as much like, like questioning of like, am I loved? You know what I mean? Right. As whereas like a lot of people that I started to be like, Hey, come over here. Let's talk about this. Hey, I love you. I don't think 
you know, I don't think this is a sin. Like, I don't think this is a sin. Like we would talk about it in that way. Those, that was sort of where the war really came in because I actually like in the, in this like mega church, which it's like a very popular church out here in LA. And like, I was a part of it. And then I kind of was like this group leader of like bandits or whatever. And then I was like, you know, let's, not let's all talk about this, but it was open. Like we were always talking about it. And then I wanted to start this group, an LGBT group. And, and so we took a a few of us and, you know, we went to the, we went to the pastor of the church. Well, we could not talk to the pastor of the church, but the leadership and, um, you know, they were like, oh yeah, you know, um, we just won't put the group on the website, you know, like, and we were like, wait, why? Like there's, you put up, you know, that this is a female, you know, a group for women or a group for men. Like, why can't we have an LGBT group? And they were like, you know, we don't put up um, groups for like drug addicts or, you know, or like divorce. Yeah. Or like, you know, divorcees or like this and that, you know. And I remember leaving that conversation and um, my friend who is not was a new Christian like me, he's like, oh, did you hear that? We can have it. And I was like, okay, well, did you hear that? Like, they think we're, like, murderers. Like, you know, it was always, like, because I think so much, like, that's my personality. It was just a war with me of, like, encouraging this group. Like, yeah, we're pushing forward. We're making headway. But then always being able to see that, like, these people are still, like, wanting to just keep us, like, at arm's length you know what I mean they still like I can just still see it I think because I dived into the theology of it so much and like the history of it so much like GCN like things like that you can see like the long-term struggle and I'm like yo these people they you know and let's ask the hard questions and I started being like okay well would you guys come to my wedding you know like I started being like like that I I was pretty pushy you know at I mean, as you should be like, I feel like as I've gotten more comfortable with my identity, like that, I remember when I was looking for churches, I would like flat out ask the pastors be like, okay, like, Mm -hmm. am I welcome? And they're like, well, yeah, you're welcome. And I'm like, okay, would you perform my wedding? And then they'd be like, no. And they're like, but you can still come. I'm like, no, I want to be in a church where my pastor will marry me someday. Like, yeah. That's, that's what I want and it, it's super important that's like the question yeah. you know it's like you know we can deny all we want that it's about it's not about this and it's not about that and I would hear that all the time you know like well you know let's talk about let's just talk about God's love you know and right. let's talk about how much he loves us and no this is an identity this is an identity problem or like this and that and like you're just like, well, no, at the end of the day, when it's like, I really find a girlfriend, like, it's not just going to be a, like an issue. It's going to be literally like, where do we bring our kids? You know, so right. like, that's a tangible issue. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. To, I mean, it's easy to sit in the theoretical and, and all of that. But like, we're talking about actual lived lives, actual people who are wanting church communities where we are welcome with everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. And we're encouraged and we're encouraged and supported and and encouraged to not be like alone in this life. And I think that's like the biggest thing. You know what I mean? If you tell a kid who's like 13 years old, who's growing up in the church that and knows that they're gay, that they are not going to like be able to be in a 
holy covenant Mm. (laughs) you know what i'm saying that's Mm -hmm. like what are you looking forward to and when we were holding we still held the group and i would hear i would hear that so much that was very like eye-opening like as i led this group a lot of people were coming and in my house and sharing that like you know i was a kid and i just was you know one of my best friends would be like god like she's she's a girl she's a lesbian and she'd be like god please bring my husband and like when she wrote the word husband like uh, one day like she looked at that word and she just wanted to like kill herself Mm. because it's not what she wanted you know what Mm. i mean and she's just like broke down and cried and was like i don't want this like you know what i mean and and then you know it's crazy like because when she wrote that and she told god like god if you don't love me like like this then i don't know what to do and she like woke up and that was the the next morning was when she realized like she heard god say no i like i love you as you are you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's like what do you do with stories like that mm-hmm. and yeah and i think i mean and there are story after story after story after story <laughs> of that oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. it, i mean of course i'm seeped in this world but it, it just seems undeniable to me that God mm-hmm. works and moves in our lives just the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, so, so and true. differently. I mean, in our particularities, but yes. Yes. So you're a dancer. Mm-hmm. A, like, a, I was going to say like a real dancer, but like, <laughs> <laughs> this is like, this is like what you do for a living. Like, so here's a little story. Two weekends ago, or no, I think it was maybe three or four weeks ago. It was like the weekend before you reached out to me. I okay. was, I had a friend over and we were literally on my couch, like watching dance videos on YouTube. Um, okay. And some of yours had come up um, and we were watching them and whatever. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like we were just kind of like, just like scrolling through YouTube. Um, and then the next week you reached out to me and I, I like, I immediately texted my friends and I'm like, you will never guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, funny. Uh, oh my so cool. But I'm, I'm curious about that. Like, how did you get into dance? What, like, what does dance mean to you, especially as someone who is living in so many different intersecting identities? Like, I feel like dance is such an embodied practice. Um, I'd yeah. be curious to, to kind of hear about that. Yeah, it's, um, I've been dancing for such a long time, maybe like 12 years now. And I moved out when I was 19 to LA to pursue my career professionally. And um, I don't know, I just, dancing called to me. Like I love moving my body. When I was a kid, I would dance like at church. I would make things for like our church dances and people would be like, I thought you were I thought you grew up Catholic. I'm like, mm. yeah, I was like a cool Catholic church. Like, <laughs> like I like I like choreographs like Missy Elliott, you know, yeah. I'm a little hot. And then I, I made my friends do it with me. I like made my brother do it with me. And, and like, it was, it was just something that spoke to me. I'm such a thinker, you know, as a kid, I thought I was going to be a writer. But dancing takes you out of your mind and into your body. And I was like, this is what I need. Um, and so I came out and and pursued it and got super you know like beaten down I the first thing it came out to was like this Lady Gaga VMA audition when I was like 19 and I had only been really like I've been dancing for a long time but I had only been in studios training for like 
four years at that point. So I was like, not the best. And it was like, oh my gosh, I need to get a lot better. So, um, yeah, it, it's been, it's been just as, as difficult of a journey, but I think, um, where dance has brought me now in terms of, and especially as you say, like intersecting identities, when I was really passionate about all of this, um, LGBT stuff and like LGBT Christians and all of that, I would cry sometimes thinking like, well, why am I a professional dancer? Like, what is this going to do? Like, how can I help like in this way? You know, I do jobs and I get to dance on TV or like whatever and, and get to teach and do all this. But what am I really, what am I really doing? Why, how can I help? And I would be sad because like Matthew Vines, he would reach out and be like, okay, do you want to be a part of like the reformation project? Like you want to volunteer and this and that, but dancing is a, is a demanding career. Like not just, I mean, that could be an excuse, but it's, and I was, I'm young, you know, I was young at the time too. So it's demanding physically and emotionally. And I couldn't bring myself to fully be a part of those like organizations. I would always be in the conversation and right. You know, there would be churches in the Midwest that I was like helping inform by like with my life. And, you know, those pastors would call me and, and ask me and, you know, we're going to talk about this this weekend. So it would be cool. But I would just always want to help more. But it was hard because I was like a dancer. Um, so in 2015, this isn't only why, but I put out this short dance film um, called Cliff's Edge. And it was about, you know, me and a girl and we like kiss in it and. And it was the first time I was like, okay, yeah, all right. You know, this is, since I'm also like a creator, I think I can start to paint, help paint those pictures. You know, like Emma Portner and Ellen Page, they just put out, I don't know if you're familiar with those two, but if Mm -hmm. you guys know them, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, They just put out um, a film that was similar to that. And so it's cool because dance is sort of exploding in media right now because of social media. And especially like, because I teach at, Millennium Dance Complex, which is a really popular, um, like I would one of the most popular dance studios like on the internet. There's a lot right. of pressure, but um, in a sense, like I taught a partner's piece like four weeks ago, no longer than that. And you know, my partner was a girl and I was dancing like intimately with her, like sensually, like, and I didn't say anything about it. You know, <laughs> I was like, we're grabbing partners in this class and here we go. And and people after like that were like, whoa, that's crazy. Like Millennium has never put anything up like that. Or like, this is, you know, you're trying to do this and this is cool. And like, even when I put out Cliff's Edge, people were like, oh my gosh, like you're trying to start this movement and all this. And it's, I'm not trying to necessarily start a movement, but that's like, that's my identity. It's like, I'm yeah. in love with, I was in love with a girl. So I'm going to talk about a girl, like even now, like, you know what I mean? I'm in love with a girl. So that's what I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to ask a guy. That's the thing, too, about the dance um, community. There's still such gender roles, I would say, in dance, you know, because guys can naturally lift girls, like right. classically even back then. And and even, you know, at the cl- like in clubs or um, in dance styles, like in Jamaica, it's still like <laughs> really looked down, oh, like being gay there. So there's like a masculine role in that and you know when you're when you're a kid in the trying to learn how to dance like hip-hop in the clubs you learn how to dance with guys you don't learn how to dance with girls so 
that's something that I've really been interested in breaking down this year. And especially because I would say I'm a feminine girl that falls in love with, it's maybe not always going to be like this, but like my last two girlfriends were feminine. You know what I mean? So what does it look like to dance? Like two feminine girls dancing together, like, and, and owning their, their sexuality and their sensuality and still being women without there being like, a male role, you know? So those are things that I'm really, really interested in delving into. And I've played around a lot. And, you know, a friend of mine who's a dancer, I saw her last week and she was like, I love what you're doing. Like, you're really kind of trying to pioneer this this movement of like same sex, um, you know, partnership or girls and girls. And I was like, I've never, I've never really thought about that way. That's like, I know, I've, obviously, I'm not stupid. Like, I know that it's a difference. Right, but, right. <laughs> you know, I know, I'm not like, oh, that, this isn't weird, you know. Not, I do get, of course, I get nervous. I'm not going to lie. I dance for an artist um, right now who's, like, on Nickelodeon. And um, I, of, of course, like, get nervous that, like, oh, my gosh, maybe this is too. But, you know, like, this is it's who I am. And it's, who, it's not just who I am. That's not the, even the point. It's who a lot of girls are. Yes. You know what I'm saying? a lot of girls like when I was if I was a little girl like I think the reason I didn't really know that I was gay um or like was attracted to women is because on tv I never really saw girls that were like me that would like girls that maybe I was attracted to I would just see like certain kind of same-sex female relationship like in the media or whatever you know growing up in the 90s and I was like, I don't identify with that. Like, yeah, I don't really, like, love guys, you know? <laughs> like, guys are cute, but, like, yeah, I could, like, I could do that. I could do the guy, you know? I just didn't really know. So, like, I'm passionate about telling my story because I know that there are a lot of girls out there that they, they're, they pretty, you know, they like being girly and they like girls that are like to be girly. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's a thing, too. And That's, I mean, you, you mentioned that, like, kind of the, the patriarchy that, still gets and sexism that gets pushed onto like the dance industry but it's even onto our lgbt relationships of where someone has to take the more masculine role someone has to take the more feminine role and i feel like there's you know there's like that meme of that like white lady um who's like doing math equations in her head and her mind like blows up um but it's like you just can't people just can't <laughs> fathom that <laughs> that there's any other way and it sounds like you're yeah. just trying to just be like, well, no, like <laughs> there are many yeah. different ways we can do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> there are a thousand ways, you know? Yeah. It's fun. You know, we're always trying to just break some rules, but it's funny. You don't even really know that they're there when you're in a relationship. I'm, I'm just lucky that I came to all of this. Like when I was, after I was like in a relationship where I didn't even really question, you know, question that stuff. I mean, actually, when I first got with my girlfriend, she was like, okay, we're, we're going to my brother's wedding. Let's go to my brother's wedding or something. And I, <laughs> I was, you know, cause I'm Filipino. Mm-hmm. So I did, I did have those, um, roles in my mind. And I was like, wait, so what do we like wear? It, like, I'm, you know, we all grow, but I was like, what do I, what do we like wear? Like, you know, <laughs> not my proudest moments. Like I did have, you know, some of that, um, and, and I did call my, my really good friend who was a lesbian, like in the beginning of my first relationship and say, 
I'm kind of freaking out that I'm not going to end up with a guy like that. I'm not going to like have a father to my children. And she was like, um, she was like, Jasmine, like love has no gender, you know? And then that was it. That was, that was that, you know, I was really lucky that I was coming out already in a relationship because I had to, I got to be like, and honestly I was lucky, but then there was also like a denial in that relationship because I would tell people, Oh, I'm in love with, with this girl you know I'm in love with this girl this is what what's happening and this and that um and and in the within the relationship I would say things that were like I think I'm like this is embarrassing but I'd be like I think I'm straight but I just love you know like and I would tell I would say that and I would just think that there was nothing wrong with that or that was the truth or whatever and I'd say that in front of people and so those roles that really existed they did exist in my head, you know, growing up. I wasn't so, because my family is, they're traditional and my mom didn't have an easy time with it at first, you know, she was baffled by it and really not happy at all. She's wonderful now and she came around like full circle, but yeah, I had those roles like in my mind too, but I think having the opportunity to be loved like in an intimate way and so intensely like for that year, those things you know, relationship really answers a lot of those questions. You know what I mean? Relationship with people or whatever. So I feel like with that strength from that and with such a special opportunity that I had, like I kind of have a responsibility maybe to 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 be like, yeah, like, yo, this is what it is. I you know what I mean? Like I and help people out that are like, I don't know, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we we talk a lot about embodied theology on this podcast and because I think, you know, as queer people, we often have to pay more attention to our bodies and maybe some people like out of necessity than maybe what some other people may have to. And, and I'd be curious as, as someone like you live in your body as a career. Um, yeah. What, what would you say that you've maybe learned about yourself about the way you interact with the world maybe maybe even your faith in that practice of living in your body instead of in your mind kind of like you said yeah that is a good it's just such a good way to put it um it doesn't come without you know having to maintain it in other in other ways like yoga or you know or freestyling or kind of I have to remember when you're when you've been dancing for so long, it actually can you can go back to your mind like easily. You know what I mean? If it's muscle memory, like you know how to dance, you know what I'm saying? Like if someone's teaching you steps, you could just learn it. So yeah, it's been a rediscovering of my of my body um these past few years. And it's it's crazy because there's something that happens when you dance. Um you get to dance with God and you get to dance with um, if you have answers or if you have questions and you, and you dance and you just allow sort of all of it to go from your head to your heart, you, you not, I wouldn't say you find clarity, but you always find grace. You know, I wouldn't say that you always find answers, but you always find like this grace of like, Oh, un, like open, ended uh okay like let's see what's gonna happen next it dancing just leaves everything open and it and it helps you just feel like very present and I think that's sometimes what we can miss when it 
when we're so heady and we're just reading and we're just talking about ideas, you know, especially dancing with other people. Like in my class, um, sometimes everyone is dancing and then I'll go out and I will like do contact improv with them, like where I'll just touch their shoulder and then we'll start going and going and going. And then all of a sudden this person and I have created something, you know, together. And I think that's, that's just helped me um, feel where I feel where I'm at and feel the presence of God in such like a tangible, in a tangible way. And I think that that's kind of, you know, that's the incarnation. Christianity was, um, you know, originally, I mean, still, you know, at the heart of it was supposed to have that pinhold on like the incarnation and the joining of the, the mind and the body and the spirit with, you know, Jesus becoming fully human. And it's crazy, you know, because then, and then all of a sudden, you know, the religion had turned into like, okay, we're scared of our bodies or we, we, they're not like as important or there's something to be watched out for or watch out the desires of the flesh, mm-hmm. you know? And it's, it's crazy because this is, that's almost like the opposite, right? Of like what it originally was like Jesus became fully human. And so there's so many answers in our bodies. And I, I just always want to encourage people like it's there. It's already like within how you move or how you, um, how you are in this world. Like, it's it's there you just gotta trust that you know it's it's hard when people don't even trust their own bodies it's even hard to engage in conversation oh, about yeah. this kind of stuff like with with them you know what i mean because mm-hmm. it's like a completely different platform you know so yeah because it's because I mean, there's often that critique of like well you can't trust what you feel um yeah you, exactly you you have to listen you have to rationality like and rational thought is the only way towards truth which i mean again and i've said this before in other Mm. episodes like modern neuroscience tells us that every single rational thought begins in the body so that's that's a moot argument it doesn't even like that's not even a real thing Mm -hmm. like yes true you're right we have cut ourselves off from our bodies in ways I mean, you said it's hard to talk to people who aren't in touch with their bodies and like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Cause there's something they don't inherently like trust about themselves. If you don't trust your body, how can you trust yourself? It's so, it's such a mind game. You know what I mean? When you tell someone like you can't, I know that your body wants to do that. Maybe we should just put it in different terms to kids, like talk about their ego or like talk about, you know, jealousy or like greed or like that more, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's hard. Like it's even hard for me now to keep saying that I'm a Christian because there are a lot of like fundamental beliefs of, I mean, I am a Christian, like I would to myself, but you know, even like fundamental beliefs of like, you know, we started as, horrible and weird it's like poison like you know what I mean from the big it's just it's so it can be so detrimental like and if anything those questions are really the questions like the LGBT question is because of those discrepancies within the you know what I mean totally. because of those first questions so it's the body I'm glad that we're talking about this now you know because that that really is the foundation of it like what does my body mean to me is it inherently good is inherently bad is it okay if I love my body like I was reading a, an addiction book um a Christian addiction book um 
it was uh, about porn addiction. I'm not addicted to porn, but I was reading it to be like, okay, I'm addicted to something. And mm-hmm. I was delving into so many things. And, and there was a chapter about sexuality, mm. about sex. And this is an amazing book. Um, it's by Seth Taylor. Okay. And oh, yeah, um, he went to my school. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know yeah. exactly what book you're talking about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, it's called Redemption. Something about redemption. I don't know. I don't know. I've read it twice. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then one of them, you know, it's like these mantras that you say. And then one of them is like, say out loud, I can do whatever I want with my body. And it was so hard to say that, even for me. You know what I mean? I wasn't even, like, at that point, I was like, wait, what? Like, that's that's crazy to say. Like, and I'm a dancer, but I was, I, I still have this maybe a bit of scared, you know, you're a little bit scared of God sometimes. You know what I mean? If that's what you were brought up in. So I was like, wait, what does this mean? And I love those challenging ideas about, really how much we can be in our body and own our body and our sexuality and our sensuality and intimacy with ourselves and intimacy with others in terms of just, you know. Yeah, because I think I'm rolling with these thoughts of like, they bring up that kind of thing, sensuality, sexuality, getting in touch with our bodies. Like it brings up so many big feelings that are sometimes hard to manage. Um, And so I think so often we just label that all as, well, sin, as a way to get rid of those big feelings when there's something so beautiful. And I think God given in the work of like feeling those feelings and and getting into it instead of splitting it off. Yes, exactly. Like song of songs, you know, like in the Bible, like the most sensual and, you know, it's, it's like if I love my body, if I love my body and I treasure and I respect my body, I'm really not going to like want to give it to a million people. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I'm really not going to like want to do all those things that we would call sin. But it, you have to give people like a real a reason that they feel, that they feel in their body. That's really what's going to like change their life, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So I think I think maybe maybe to close, I think for those of us who aren't dancers <laughs> yeah. uh, myself included I feel like I've I mean I, I've been in theater my whole life or at least high school life um and like constantly was taking dance classes and I, I just my I just I don't move that way like it's something that that I don't understand uh. well um, <laughs> um but for, for maybe those of us who like are hearing this and and are wanting to maybe find some practices to get into our bodies and like yes yoga is one but like maybe want to try dancing even though we know we're not very good at it like what directions would you maybe go with that as someone who's like I've never done this before um Mm -hmm. would you have advice or yeah and that's what we've been I'm like come take my class in LA (laughs) you know (laughs) but we um it's it's really nice to just start with, um, I mean, yoga for sure. But even if you put on, if you put on music and you're meditating, it's so nice to be able to like, look at your hands, like rub your hands together or, or, you know, feel your arm or like, you know, the actual, uh, like self love kind of touch. Um, 
touch just changes everything I feel. And, you know, even on that small scale to recognize like, oh, I have a body and it's, it's beautiful. And I'm, I'm in this body. And, and then I feel like when, when we go to different classes or dance classes, especially people that don't, don't dance on the regular. They have such an advantage to just go in not being like, I'm going to be 100% good at every single move. You know what I mean? If you want to go take like a beginning modern class or beginning contemporary class or those, those are kind of better in terms of like finding that touch and that feeling and that sensuality um, uh, more than like hip hop right away, you know? So like some beginning classes would be so nice. And, and then just like, I really did how to learn, like, at, <laughs> like at the club and like at parties and stuff, you know. So you can't discount like a good get down, like at a party. <laughs> Just feeling like <laughs> there's no wrong way to move, you know. Like if you love moving your shoulders, or if you love like just bopping your head, or just moving that one arm, or fist pumping, or like, um, just it's just touch, uh changes everything and then gradually going onto those things so you can feel that that music in your body and you know it's just music helps so so much too and it's fun go take a dance class anybody okay it's very it's very very fun you can dance if you can walk that's what i say there we go that's there we go there we go yeah uh jasmine thank you so much this has thank been you. delightful that's so awesome. Thank you so much for all you're doing. You can find Jasmine over on Instagram and Twitter at Jasmine J. Raphael. Uh, her website is jasminerafael.com. And be sure to check her out on YouTube because that's where she posts all of her videos. And like, you can get lost for hours in them. I certainly have. Uh, Corology is on Twitter at Pod, Or you can tweet me directly at Matthias Roberts. If you think Quirology is worth a dollar a month, head over to MatthiasRoberts.com support to help support Quirology. Another really easy way to support the podcast is by leaving a review. You can do that right in your podcast app or head over to MatthiasRoberts.com review and it'll take you right there. As always, I'd love to hear from you. If you have ideas of what you'd like to hear on the show or if you just want to say hi, reach out. Hope you all have a great week and until next week, Bye. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.